The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. John chapter 10, verses 25 through 27. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear you, to hear the voice of your Son, Jesus, through this gospel passage that we just heard this morning, and that you would bless my words as preacher to be useful to your purposes. In the same name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It's a little bit, not, I mean, not a little bit, it is encouraging to me when there's such a clear um, parallel between religious difficulty in the time of Jesus and in our own day. Because the complaint of the people that Jesus is talking to is, Jesus, why don't you speak clearer? Why don't you say it louder? Make it more plain for us. Right? Well, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Which sounds a lot like things I've heard from a number of people over the years. Like if, if God would only show himself more clearly, you know, if he only sort of did some powerful demonstrative communication, you know, then, then I'd believe. So Jesus' answer is not just for his hearers, then it's also for us. And especially because Jesus' reply is, the works that I do are my speech. That's what he says, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, like a verbal witness. So he's saying, if you want to know what I'm saying about myself, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. And to those whom Jesus was talking, most of them would not have seen Jesus' miracles firsthand. Right? We know for many of the miracles, Jesus gathered a small number together, like when he raised um, the daughter who had died, Tabitha, or when he calmed the storm. Right? It was only the disciples who were in the boat that day. So these stories about Jesus were circulating, and Jesus' hearers on this gospel passage, they heard them secondhand. They heard other people tell them, this guy raised a dead girl. This guy healed a leper. This guy opened the eyes of the blind. This guy, we heard, him cal- we heard that he calmed a storm. So his hearers are in the exact same position as we are. They're hearing stories about Jesus secondhand just like we do when we hear the gospel read every Sunday, when you read any passage from the gospel, you're hearing a story about Jesus secondhand, right? Through the human gospel writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And Jesus says that unbelievers hear only stories, right? Stories that may or may not be true, they're just stories in the ears of an unbeliever. The comforting point then is, if you flip it around, Jesus says, you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. If you do believe the Gospels, if you hear a Gospel story and you're like, wow, Jesus, awesome, <laughs> then you're a sheep. You're, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a token of the Holy Spirit in you that you are among his sheep when we believe the words of the Gospel. But what's doubly wonderful about this passage is Jesus isn't just saying, just believe the story. He actually guides his sheep even further in to our mysterious life in himself when he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And it's worthwhile for just a second. I've never seen a sheep outside of a petting zoo, but imagining the way a shepherd speaks to a sheep, right? To warn from danger, to call back from difficulty, to guide towards 
nourishing food and water. The voice of a shepherd is for the life of the sheep. That's the picture. He's not just saying they hear my voice in some abstract sense. It's the voice of a shepherd bringing his people away from what is harmful and towards what is spiritually good. My sheep hear my voice. So I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit this morning and use some technology metaphors, which means they're probably not great metaphors. But I, I think, in a way, the, the Bible, the whole Bible, but since we're talking about the Gospels, the Gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're kind of like a cell phone through which the voice of Jesus, who is right now enthroned in heaven, speaks. Because we have that picture for us, right? That we can be remote from someone else and yet hear their voice. And the, obviously the picture breaks down because Jesus is not remote from us. He's also filling the universe. But he's in his body, seated at the right hand of the Father. But when we read the Gospels and we hear his voice, it's like he's communicating through a cell phone. To extend the metaphor, just like with a phone, um, as we've all learned with recent uh, OS updates, that you can have do not disturb on and all these things that actually block communication. I think this corresponds to willful sin, right? When we say, ah, God, regardless of what I know you've guided me into, regardless of what your voice has said in the past, I'm going to choose my own way. It's like putting do not disturb on the scriptures. We can turn the ringer down. And I think actually one of the reasons that Christians always encourage spiritual disciplines is it's ways of keeping the ringer volume up. When you come to church and gather on Sundays, when you pray in your homes, when you practice acts of self-denial in the midst of any day, these are ways of keeping the ringer loud to be able to hear when Jesus is speaking through his word. And the voice of Christ in the Gospels isn't some mysterious sort of soothsaying directive, like, oh, I read this story about the blind person and it means I should go buy new glasses, right? It doesn't work like that. The voice of Christ, the reason he said, Jesus says these works testify about him. The voice of Christ is heard when we recognize that every story in the Gospels is intended to frame our own lives to ourselves, to God. That we are the leper who has been made unclean, to whom Jesus says, be clean. We are the blind person who cannot see our way spiritually or morally or in any way that really counts eternally, to whom Jesus says, be opened. We are actually, as Paul was, as the Holy Spirit would speak through Paul later on in the New Testament writings, we were dead in our sins. Dead. There's no stronger metaphor. And yet we've been raised to life in Christ Jesus. So when you hear when Jesus says to the storm, be still, and you realize he's speaking to you in the midst of this storm-filled life. That's when you're hearing the voice of Christ in the Gospels. Okay, I want to use um, one last uh, different technological metaphor um, for, the, for a different generation. If you're under 30, you may not even recognize this, uh, but radios used to have a manual dial, right? The, and um, so any of you over 30 spent many, many years, you know, attuning like that fine hand and ear coordination. Like, is this the channel I'm looking for? Right? I think, oh no, this channel I'm looking for would not play that song, right? And, you, and they're very careful. I remember on some cars, it was like the tiniest fraction of a thing. You bump over a station. And there is a way in which learning to hear the voice of Jesus through the Gospels, it doesn't come instantly. 
It takes a few years, actually, of practicing with hand and ear. Lord, is that just my conscience? Is that just my imagination? Am I just imagining that you're speaking to me? Or, or is that you really speaking? And the Holy Spirit is sort of, to really extend the metaphor, the receiver in you. And he will show you. But it does take time. So don't be discouraged. If you're reading the Gospels and you're like, I don't know if this is the voice of Jesus or not. Just pray, Lord, help me to hear your voice. And over time, over time, his voice will become as familiar to your soul. Because it's not an audible voice, right? His voice will become as familiar to your soul as the voice of your best friend. That when you hear your best friend calling, oh, that's my friend. Like, you will just recognize it. But I think it takes years, usually, of practicing that, that careful work of tuning the ear, the ear of the heart, to hear the voice of Jesus. And one of the tools the Lord has given us is each other. Right? When we share with your friend, with your roommate, with your spouse, and you say, I think the Lord is telling me this. Right? The body of Christ is really great at correcting when it's not actually Jesus. Right? It's like, oh, don't forget that other scripture. There's no way the Lord is saying that. We can encourage each other. And, we, and in that, we sort of tune in like, oh, ah, we can tune closer to hear the voice of our Lord, our good shepherd. So this morning, I just want to give thanks to Jesus. Just think about the marvelous providence in all this. Not only did Jesus give his whole life dying on the cross to purchase us for himself, but he doesn't then do that and then just leave us alone to figure that out, right? He gives us in his providence a written scripture. He speaks through his apostles, through his eyewitnesses for all time. And then, not just that, as if it's just a book to read, among other books. But from his throne in heaven, he speaks with his living shepherd's voice through that book, through this book, to guide each of us to himself. He doesn't leave us alone. None of us is alone. The shepherd is calling to each of us, day by day, little by little, step by step, to find the green pastures promised in Psalm 23, to find the living waters that he promises to all his disciples. So keep listening. Keep practicing tuning your ear. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of God, we will continue to enjoy his voice. Amen.